By the way, just so you know, a half hour before the program started, I didn't know I was going to be doing any of this that I've done since the program began. But events dictate what happens here. A bunch of lies and a bunch of distortions out there. This historical perspective on America I thought was quite necessary. Also to inform you that there is a religious test. There are many religious tests in refugee law in this country. There's nothing new going on here. There's no new bigotry or racism or anti-this or anti-that. There's nothing unprecedented happening here other than Obama. Obama is what's unprecedented. The Democrat Party is what's unprecedented. Transforming the country, doing damage to the country, that is what everybody's concern ought to be, not those trying to protect it. Here is Obama last night in Manila. He had a joint press conference with uh, Benino Aquino, and during a Q&A, reporter said, would you care to comment at all on some of the discussion back at home about allowing Syrian refugees into the U.S.? There have been some lawmakers talking about closing our borders to them. Apparently, they're scared of widows and orphans coming into the United States of America as part of our tradition of compassion. Now, first they were worried about the press being too tough on them during debates. Now they're worried about three-year-old orphans. That doesn't sound very tough to me. They've been playing on fear in order to try to score political points or to advance uh, their campaigns. Uh, And it's irresponsible. And it's contrary to who we are. And it needs to stop because the world is watching. It's not contrary to who we are. What is this three-year-old orphan stuff? Folks, you know, this, this is childish. This is a petulant, childish man-child who's having trouble getting his way without opposition. Opposition offends him. How dare anybody oppose him? There are real concerns, and we see them on television every day. We are living daily fear. The media, if there is no terror attack during the day, the media's got everybody in a crisis mode on something else. Every day, everybody keyed up, there's a crisis of something happening that is threatening our health, our lives, our existence some way. Every day in the news, and here comes a real-life terror event, which is predictable, there will be more, and Obama impugns those who react to them. This is childish. Contrast this to the president of France, Francois Hollande. He rallied his people. He tried to unify his people. He told the people of France they were going to go find who did this and take them out. They were not going to be tolerant of this at all. Compare this to Barack Obama. And once again, he gets all jazzed when he has a chance to attack Republicans. He doesn't need any cue cards. He doesn't need a teleprompter. At first, they were too scared of the press being too tough on them in the debates. Now they're scared of three-year-old orphans. That doesn't seem so tough to me. Men make up 72% of the refugees fleeing the Middle East by crossing a Mediterranean Sea into Europe. That's United Nations numbers. 72% are men, military-age, able-bodied men, not three-year-old orphans. And, of course, the debate. Republicans weren't afraid of anybody. They were fed up and finally took the debate moderators out, long overdue. But, hang on. Last night, PBS Frontline, they played an episode entitled ISIS in Afghanistan. And here's a little portion of the program, actually two sound bites from it, looking at the training of children in jihad. 
And you will hear an unidentified narrator and journalist in this piece. That's the voices that you hear. First of two sound bites are ready. The fighters tell Najibullah they receive propaganda videos directly from ISIS in Syria and Iraq. They say they show the videos to the village children every day. I was asking them why they're watching in front of these young children. They said they should learn, they should know from now. And it's normal for them. You mean... They're teaching these young three-year-old orphans and five-year-old kids jihad. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, PBS Frontline inadvertently, I'm sure they didn't mean to undercut dear Obama, ISIS in Afghanistan, how to raise young children into jihad. Right on the heels of Obama. Yeah, those Republicans afraid of three-year-old orphans. <laughs> Man, really tough. That embarrass me. They're afraid of three-year-old orphans. And here's the next soundbite. This is an ISIS military school for children somewhere in the Middle East. All these videos, they're just telling them how to kill people, how to behave, and how to become suicide bombers. And their main thing is to kill infidels. This is their aim. And they clearly telling this is in Quran. So what the child believe? What do you think? He think, yes, I'm Muslim, and he's telling me the truth. Najibullah films the Afghan children copying what they've just watched. When I saw these young children, I was really, really upset, really sad. These children who learn how to kill people, how to do jihad, how to behave, how to fire, I was thinking maybe the war will never end. Never. It'll never end because ours is a world governed by the aggressive use of force. Anyway. So here you have it, PBS Frontline last night, ISIS in Afghanistan, inadvertently doing a feature on how young children are taught to engage in jihad. They are taught to practice beheading, killing, suicide bomber techniques how to kill infidels, young children, watching videos, rehearsing, copying, practicing what they've seen. You know, the Sonara family were refugees, a mother and her children. Look what they did. And they passed the screening, by the way. Jokar Sonarev was 10 years old when he was admitted to the U.S. as a refugee. I wonder if he saw any videos. I wonder where he learned jihad, folks. I wonder where he learned terrorist activity. You think his mother might have taught him? Think she might have shown him videos? Or was he inspired by ISIS? Was he inspired by Al-Qaeda? Or was he mad that we started Club Gitmo or mad that we had uh, photos taken at Abu Ghraib? I'm telling you, Obama has become dangerous. Yeah, well, too scared of the press. Now they're scared of three-year-old orphans. Where do you think the modern-day 19, 20-year-old terrorist comes from, Mr. President? How about these three-year-old orphans, five-year-old orphans, whoever, children that might be entering America? And they end up learning how to become advocates and practitioners of jihad while on the American welfare system. It's not irrational to oppose that. It's not irrational to want to shut that down. Folks, keep your heads up and don't buy into this stuff. You are not even close to what the president or the media, any of his other allies are attempting to accuse you of. There is precedent for every instinctive attitude you've got 
Our instinct is right on the money with all this. We know this isn't right. We know this isn't sensible. We are not a nation of bigots. We are not a nation of racists, sexists, bigots, homophobes, or what have you. As far as Barack Obama is concerned, you and me and every other Republican conservative is a bigger reprobate, a bigger threat than ISIS. And that, sadly, is not even arguable. This is Tracy Roswell, Georgia. Great to have you, and I really appreciate your patience. Hi. Hey, Rush. Thank you for taking my call. You know, it's not that we're afraid of three-year-olds, as our president is insisting that we are. It's that we, we know that three-year-olds turn into 10-year-olds, turn into 15-year-olds, 18-year-olds, disaffected, without jobs, just like we're told that the current black youth unemployment is, is what's causing mayhem and Black Lives Matter. I mean, is the next Syrian, uh, hashtag uh, Syrian Lives Matter? You know, because we're concerned about the, the high unemployment already, and now we're going to bring in, you know, thousands and thousands of refugees and, and give them ample, am, ample opportunity to, to compete with Americans for their jobs as they're taught in the oh, development. come on. Compete for jobs? What are you? This is going to be competing for the EBT cards. Well, exactly. But at what point do they become disaffected? You know, that's not going to be enough. You know, $600 a month, I can't live off that. And they become outraged. I mean, you know, you can't give away enough money. Isn't that right? And I'll tell we you, don't, the people we, that are supporting No, you're, you're Trump, right. But we don't, you know, the, the whole thing here breaks down for we don't have the money for any of this. And we haven't had the money for any of what Obama's wanted to do. Exactly. We're $20 well, that, trillion freaking dollars in debt. Right, exactly. It, it just point. But here, look. Did you did you hear the audio soundbites from earlier in the program from a PBS Frontline show on ISIS in Afghanistan that I played? I did not. Well, I played it right after Obama's soundbite about the Republicans being afraid of three-year-old orphans. And they had a feature on PBS Frontline last night about how young Afghanistan Islamist children are taught jihad. No, I did. That's my point. That's why I called. How to behead, how to kill, how to join. Exactly. Your point is the three-year-old orphan becomes an 18-year-old jihadist. But but here's the point. Not because of any disaffection. He might be raised that way by his family. That's what this Afghanistan story was all. That's how they're being raised. But wait a minute. Now, did not the brothers in Boston, were they not given free rides? to college and and, and, and they were refugees they were refugees they were refugees and look what happened to them we couldn't were they not happy enough were they not satisfied with the freebies that we gave them and uh, then they turned on citizens not the way to look at it you see you're thinking that generosity can buy them off or change their mind or change their heart that's not why they showed up they didn't show up to become americans they didn't show up to assimilate they didn't show up they showed up for other reasons and there's nothing we could have been nice we could have given them cadillacs or ferraris or what it wouldn't they would have just laughed at us even more Mm -hmm. tracy hang on there's a couple more points with you and we're back with tracy in roswell georgia here on the eib network tracy yes if i were to tell you that 72 percent of the syrian refugees are men, what would your reaction be? 
Well, I know it's it's absolutely true. I, I've seen I've seen the footage of them coming over. It's frightening. Yes, it is true. How do you interpret it? Uh, do, do, do you have any questions about it? No, I, in fact, I, I repost these videos as often as I can on, on social media, so informing others, this is the reality. Well, yeah, but, you know, I, well, where are the wives? Where, where are the where, wives? Where, 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 no, 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 where are the kids? I mean, 72% are men, all 72% unattached, mm-hmm. not fathers. If they are attached and they're either husbands and fathers, where are the wives and children, are they still back in Syria? Why would they leave them? Why would they seek asylum without them? That's a big number, 72%. That's a huge number. I, I agree with you. That's absolutely correct. And, I, and it's possible that they are staying back home. I mean, they're not here permanently. They're here for their caliphate and then to go home. Well, uh, I don't I know the answer. I, but my, my, here, the thing with me is I don't know the answer. And, but it's, it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, we can come up with some answers. It's got to be, we can give ourselves multiple choice options and one of them is going to be right. Right, right. No, no, you're, you're confusing these people with the uh, people from our southern hemisphere, Mr. Sterling. Mr. Sterling is saying, no, no, you're missing the point. They're coming here so they can find jobs and send the money home and then eventually... After they become citizens and register to vote Democrat, bring the families here. I don't, don't think that's what's going on here. I don't know what it, here's the honest answer, folks. I look, this whole situation, we would be irresponsible if we weren't exercising caution and suspicion here. And by the way, by the way, and I don't think this is paranoia in any way, shape, manner, or form. But even if you're paranoid, it doesn't mean they're not out to get you. Paranoia does not disqualify whatever reality is out. It doesn't cancel it out. I'm not saying this is paranoia. I think this is reasoned concern. For crying out loud, look what's happening all around us. And, and don't just go back to last week. Go back to Charlie Hebdo. Go back to 9-11. What have you. Go back to what's happening in Europe. Put it all together. It would be irresponsible not to be suspicious of this. And that's what the Mother Jones point to Democrats is. You guys are going to blow it for us if you act like there's not even anything remotely, possibly bad here. Why aren't they fighting for their country? Wait a second. Wait a second. That's a legitimate question. I know you're trying to make a crack a little joke and make a point here, but it's a legitimate question. Why aren't they fighting for their country? Why aren't they staying home and fighting ISIS instead of instead of fleeing? That's not what we've done. Why don't they fight Assad for whatever? No, it's a legitimate question unless they are fighting for their country by coming here. It's a valid concern. It is not paranoia. It's not bigotry. It is none of these. And the very fact that in even in this instance, the Democrat Party cannot wait to blame Americans. This is the takeaway you have to have here, folks. You know, analyze whatever the specifics are in this refugee situation or the aftermath to the attacks in Paris on Friday. The real energy the Democrats have is is when they criticize Americans. 
I mean, they come to life. They're jazzed. They're excited. They get to blame America again, specifically certain kinds of Americans. So all of this, just yet another opportunity for liberals to point out what a bunch of reprobates their political opponents are. Never let a crisis go to waste. This is a crisis that the Democrat Party is attempting to manipulate to its political benefit and a hell with whatever else it means for anybody else in the country or the world. So anyway, Tracy, I appreciate the call. Uh, thanks very much. People have been patiently waiting, and I really appreciate that. Here's uh, Judith in Tom's River, New Jersey. Thank you for your patience. Hi. Hello, Mr. Limbaugh. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you. Um, I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller, and it seems to me that our president has a credibility issue. Prior to the attacks on Friday, he vehemently stated that ISIS is contained, and then we all know what happened that evening. And yesterday he maligned and berated conservatives and made fun of us and mocked us for our security concerns with comments like, we're afraid of women and children. Yet in the raid this morning in Paris, uh, one of the suicide bombers was just, in fact, that, a woman. And I really, truly believe our country has a, a right to protect itself, no matter what, what the rest of the world thinks or says. It's our country. Yeah, you're uh, exactly right. And you've nailed uh, President Obama here. Again, um, this is a total domestic political opportunity for Obama. That's what this is. If you, uh, some of the things Obama's saying, like, oh, these are the Republicans, They're afraid to death of three-year-old orphans in uh, the media. I mean, it's great. And they think they can handle these terrorists. <laughs> and it, 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 that comment alone would outrage you. But if you understand it, and you do, You have an incident in Paris where 129 people are killed. Barack Obama, the Democrat Party, immediately converts that into a domestic political issue. Now you're probably saying, oh, come on, Rush. Can't you go one half hour without blaming Obama? That's not what it is. Folks, I'm not going to sit here and ignore the truth. What in the world does the Republican Party have to do with what happened in Paris Friday night? Would somebody explain that to me? If you're going to, you're the president and you're going to lash out at anybody, why are you going to lash out at Republicans? Simply because they happen to be part of the majority thinking something needs to be done in response to this? That something needs to happen as a result of this? And that means the Republicans become the critics, the focus? What do we have to do with it? That's how he converts it to a domestic political issue. Don't doubt me, folks. 